Hi, this is Annette Lackovich and you're listening to Cashflow Candy. Today we're going to be listening to an interview that I did with Deanne Carter a couple of years ago. Absolutely sensational interview. It was from my Living Legends series. I had to bring it across here because it does help you grow your wealth. It is a telephone interview, so you'll find the audio will be slightly off, but um, incredible information from a high-energy girl herself. So let's listen to Deanne Carter. Hi, this is Annette Lackovich and you're listening to Cashflow Candy. Join me while I interview successful entrepreneurs, business specialists, and share the ultimate information, helping you increase your sales, doing what you love. So let's start making some candy for your business. Today, I'm sharing with you an expert on something that I think is incredibly important. It doesn't matter if we are in business or if we're an employee, but it makes sense to absolutely everybody and it's important to everybody. And today we're going to talk about money and growing your wealth. And to do that, I have invited a very special guest, someone who I have seen in action herself, and her name is Deanne Carter. And Deanne is a how to grow your wealth expert. This girl has done some serious um, changes of life with a company called JDL Strategies. She individually has educated thousands of Australians and she has also helped hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of Australians become multi-millionaires. Now, you might be saying to yourself, well, I don't think I'll ever become a millionaire or a multi-millionaire or you might have some blockages there and say, you know, money is of all evil. But I should tell you what, when you, after you finish this phone call with Deanne Carter today, I'm sure you're going to be looking at money in a whole new way and she's going to be showing you some different ways to actually get yourself started and for some of you listening, how to leverage where you're already at. So let's put our hands together and welcome Deanne Carter. Woohoo! Hey! Welcome Deanne. Hi, Annette. Great to be here and to, to have a chat with you today. Oh, fantastic. Look, let's um, start with the very basics. We're going to have, you know, people from all different calibers on the phone, people that have absolutely no cash, they're in debt, and we've got people that have a lot of cash, but maybe they're not working it the right way. So can we start at maybe the very start and just talk about, you know, really just how do people get ahead financially? Let's start with the basics. Yeah, sure. Look, I... um. I was listening to your intro about millionaires and, and, you know, do people actually think that they have the capacity to be a millionaire? And, you know, everybody has, and that's the exciting thing. If you uh, liken it a little bit to a hot water system with a pilot light, you know, you just have to turn that pilot light up and get the heat happening. It's the same mm -hmm. with your money. Everyone has the ability to be a millionaire. They already are. It's just a matter of finding the way in which to turn the heat up on their money and actually get it working harder for them. Oh, I love it. And I turn think, up the heat. <laughs> turn up the heat, baby. <laughs> I, um, you know, I every time I sit with a client, I, I get this feeling that they sit there knowing that they should be further ahead financially, but they mm -hmm. just are frustrated because they don't know how to actually do it. Mm -hmm. And... You know, it's about immersing yourself in the conversations, really, of, of how to actually getting your money working for you. And it's just something that doesn't happen. You know, people mm. don't sit around their Sunday barbecues 
talking about how to get their money working for them. And I, don't, I just don't get it. <laughs> mm. And do you think that's because of maybe how we've been brought up? Because I remember um, being introduced to, um, you know, JDL Strategies a few years ago. And I remember sitting there thinking, my gosh, why aren't we educated in this in school? Why, why don't we know about this? Because we aren't educated and it's not a normal, typical conversation that you have around the barbecue. So I think a lot of it's like the programming as well. And that's why I thought to myself when I was putting the Living Legend series, I thought I have to get you on because this is education that people need to know. So do you think part of it starts from like the programming? Oh, totally, totally, totally. I mean, you know, I guess... Um we have a, 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 a term called hypnosis and, you know, if you think about that word in itself, you know, if somebody gets hypnotised and then they come out of that hypnosis, what is the first thing that they do? They look to other people to find out what they did, you know, did they cluck like a chicken when they were hypnotised or, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's the same with our money, you know, we look for clues from other people as to what we should be doing. And so, you know, we're looking at what our parents have done with their money and, um, you know, we inherit their mindset around money. You know, mm -hmm. if, if you've grown up with your parents saying, um, you know, money doesn't grow on trees or no, we can't afford that, you know, these are the subconscious messages that we get. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we look to our friends. What are our friends doing with their money? Yeah. And it's interesting, actually. There's some really good research where they say if you find the five closest people around you, mm -hmm. add up their incomes, divide it by five so that you get an average, then your income will be the same, plus or minus 5%. Yeah, so what and I have heard is, that. It's, it's, mm -hmm. I, I remember hearing that and I remember like doing it going, oh, my gosh, it's true. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what does that tell you? It tells you that we tend to run through life with like-minded people. Mm -hmm. And so if people want to get ahead financially, then they need to start hanging out with other people who are more financially savvy than them, I guess. Mm -hmm. mm. You know, find, find the people who are doing it and, and watch what they're doing. Learn from that because, you know, if we just go from the hypnosis of where everybody else sits, you know, mm -hmm. we're just going to get on that treadmill of working hard for our money, not actually having our money working hard for us. Yeah. And do you think that um, there's some people that you guys deal with, you know, that are still quite negative towards the money, like have, you know, they might have been brought up with, you know, guilt around money or the fear or money being evil. Like, is that something that you guys find that, um, is something that you have to continually educate as well? Oh, totally, totally. I mean, it's um, it comes back to your permission settings, you know, of, mm. of do I allow myself to be wealthy? Mm. Um, you know, we have, we often see clients that they, you know, they start getting things moving and then it's almost like a self-sabotage thing that comes in and they're like, oh, this is all too hard, it's, um, not something that I do, it's something that other people should do and, mm. and suddenly they start to, um, yeah, as I say, um, almost it's almost like a self-sabotage because they haven't given themselves the permission yeah. to actually expand their wealth. Mm. And if you think about it, like for me, I look at wealth as, um, you know, more freedom. 
I look at it as ability to have the lifestyle that you want. And if any of you listeners are um, do have that mindset where you might have some guilt around it, you know, you can do amazing things when you have wealth. You can give back. You can be highly prosperous and be able to be philanthropic and be able to give back to others. There's so much you can actually do with it. So I think there's, um, you know, been able to have like a difference in mindset of it's not actually the money, it's what the money can do for you or how you can serve better, serve better to your customers, serve better to your family, more security. Um, some people, you know, want that lifestyle. Some people, it's just to be able to give back. Um, but there's so many different leverages that it can do. But let's let's go with this. Let's just say we've got some people here and they need to get started. So how can we get them started in the right steps first? And then we'll go into maybe more of the advanced stuff where if we've got some people already along their way. Yep, yep. Well, I think the, the, the very first place to get started is to get some education around money and what actually happens with your money. Money, to me, is just another form of energy and mm -hmm. it moves, it, it, it spins. So one of the things that I work with my clients to do is to show them how their money is spinning. It's either spinning for you or it's spinning against you. Mm -hmm. And the, there are a few dynamics that affect how that money spins. So it's a matter of getting your money spinning in the right direction, getting it moving. Um, so one of, the, one of the first things is to get, it, get some education so you've got some understanding around what are, these, what are these influences on how your money's working for you. Then obviously, you know, you, if, if you're looking at investing, it's a place of, well, how do I actually get started? And one of the things that we talk about first and foremost, is paying yourself first. Because for most people, what they do is they match their income to their expenses. Mm -hmm. So, you know, your money comes in, and let's say you were earning $100,000. Mm -hmm. You know, people think that they're earning $100,000, but they forget that the taxman's got his hand out first. So what happens is you end up with seventy grand in your bank account but you're thinking that you're earning 100 and you spend at that level. Mm -hmm. So the first formula really for accumulating your wealth is to actually start paying yourself first. So out of your income, pull some money aside for yourself mm -hmm. and then whatever's left over then goes towards your bills. And is there a percentage that you would recommend or is it whatever they can afford? Because I could imagine it would be quite a slow game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm sure there's a percentage yeah. there or something to work with. Yeah. Look, I mean, there's lots of, um, you know, there's lots of investment books and that sort of thing around and they all talk about this number of 10% um, of your income. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for some people that might not be achievable. It might be, you know, $20 a week. Um, right. It doesn't really matter what the amount is. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that you're doing the action of actually putting some money aside for you. Mm. Once and you've got... Yeah, sorry, yeah. go on, Anna. Yeah, I was going to say, um, you know, many, many years ago when I was in the health and fitness industry, I remember hearing this pay yourself first and I do remember it was like 10% and, and I, it only just came to me just now with you saying that. 
And, you know, back in the day, like I was earning like $9.50, you know, an hour, like, you know, the fitness industry um, still today <laughs> hasn't got the highest rate. <laughs> but, you know, back in the day, it was it was pretty bad. It was pretty grim. And I could not afford that 10%. So it only just came to mind now. And I remember I used to put $55 a fortnight that would automatically come out of this account. And do you know what? I still have, I actually still have that debit just coming out continually. And it continually oh, wow. goes the same savings account and I only just remembered it now because I've never changed yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Good on you. That's funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you know, I interrupted you. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Look, I think um, there's some, you know, like gravity, there's some universal laws around money and I think one of them, and, and it's, it probably sounds a little bit woo-woo, but I guess it's one of those things that I've actually seen it over the years where um, once people start to take control of their money that you know more just seems to come in it's mm -hmm. it's it's one of the one of the laws is the vacuum law you know if you actually get your money out moving for you and you create a space more mm -hmm. comes in you know have yeah. you ever noticed when you clean your wardrobe out and you make more space somehow more clothes <laughs> come in <laughs> Money is a bit the same. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And do you know that I, I definitely believe in that law, even with um, – I talk about that to my clients with prospecting, and a lot of them fear just doing any type of cold calls or any type of, you know, outbound prospecting at all. And I say to them, do you know what's really funny? Even if you just do any type of activity of prospecting, even if you don't have a direct hit with that customer or that client or that activity – energetically something happens where you start to get leads somewhere else. So just oh. start prospecting. So that's actually, I see that work in the sales game. And so Absolutely. I understand it totally in the money game. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. That's called yeah, a vacuum I've just got the full-on shivers up, up and down my spine. <laughs> is that called a Sorry, is that called a vacuum, vacuum law? Yeah, the vacuum law. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yep, and, and, but you've, you really hit on a, a key thing. It's just the action. You know, if you mm. take that step, the first step of paying yourself first, you're actually demonstrating that, yes, you've got control over your money, and if you're mm. actually moving it, then, you know, you, it just starts to flow. You know, it's like a dam. You've got mm. that dam all dammed up, you know, smash open the dam and get the water moving. It's the same with your money. You've got to get it moving. Yeah. Um, and by demonstrating that you're in control of it, then somehow the universe gives you more to control. <laughs> right. Now, and now, now it sounds weird, but that's what it happens. Mm. <laughs> and I love that about the dam. <laughs> Let the floodgates open. Now, let let's, floodgates talk, open. <laughs> let's talk about um, all the different things that they can start to do to grow their money. So you've got, let's just say, okay, let's just start paying yourself first. Yeah. What's sort of the next step after that? Where should they go when they've, they've started to accumulate some cash and they've got some proof that they've actually been saving and they're starting to get some, um, you know, something momentum. that they can show for it. Yeah, the momentum, that's yeah. a great word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is where you have to be really mindful of the hypnosis because mm. 
it's very common that people would have accumulated, uh, you know, they've, they've been working hard and saving some money and let's say they've accumulated $10,000 and then they go, mm -hmm. oh, let's go to Bali. <laughs> oh, yep. oh, that new car looks fantastic. I've got 10 grand and bam, it's gone. Mm -hmm. And look, you know, that... And instant gratification because instant gratification, it's so easily, it's so easy just to go, okay, this will fix me right now, but it's not for the long term. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm. exactly, exactly. So, okay, let's assume you've got 10 grand and because you've been saving hard and then you go, well, what do I do with it? And this is where it gets really confusing and it, it, people just, it's a matter of understanding what's actually going on out there because mm -hmm. the investment market, if you were looking at investing your market, uh, your money, it's, the investment market is just like if you go to the go and do your grocery shopping. What I mean by that is like if you went to the butcher, you wouldn't have the butcher telling you that too much meat is not good for you. If and if you went to see the fishmonger, he wouldn't say, you know what, um, our fish has got mercury in it. Don't eat fish. Go and see the fruit and veggie guy. It just doesn't happen that way. So in the investment market, the share guy will always try to sell you shares. The property guy will always try and sell you property. Uh. So what happens is when you turn into, you know, turn to the investment market, you're going, well, what should I be investing in? You know, I'm confused because somebody says I should invest in shares. Somebody says I should invest in properties or whatever. Mm. I don't know what to do with my money. What's going to be better? Right. Yeah, that's, that's so true. So I, um, I say, well, why not have a bit of everything? <laughs> really, mm. the number one rule of investing is not to put all of your eggs in one basket. Right. So when we're talking with our clients, we're talking about how do you have a bit of everything? Diversify your portfolio, um, diversify your risk or minimise your risk by diversification. Mm. And I like that you've actually brought that up because some people are so scared of the risk side of it. So you're saying if you become more diverse, then you're actually going to lower the chance of losing it or making a mistake. Totally, totally. Mm. Totally. Um, and look, you know, I mean, this is, again, it sits around um, the hypnosis, around the level of education that we're getting. Um, you know, people don't know where to go to first. Um, and if you don't know, you don't know, you know, and you don't know what questions to ask. That's the other thing. Mm, so it can so become very overwhelming and then what ends up happening is people go, oh, it's all too hard. I don't want to risk my hard-earned, you know, my hard-saved money. Mm. Um, I'd rather go to Bali because at yeah. least then I'm going to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny what instant gratification does. Um, you know, I, I notice all the time that, you know, I might hear somebody say that they can't afford this or they can't afford that and they're going through money struggles and the next minute they've booked themselves a holiday. And yeah. you think, isn't it funny, you come up with the money when you really want to come up with the money. And yeah. I think it's really like educating yourself that 
you know, what you actually do with your money. It's the, it's your future plan. It's the support that sometimes people are, that they sort of want that instant gratification. And because they don't know what to do, what the next step is, they know how to spend it on a holiday or a new car or renovation yes. in their house or whatever. But like yes. you're saying, they don't know what to do. Now, you yes. talked about um, chain reaction once. Can you explain that? Because I absolutely loved it when you guys were explaining that. Yeah, look, the chain reaction is, it's a system and it's a system whereby you have houses that buy houses and against mm -hmm. those houses you buy everything else. So your shares, your managed funds, you put money into super, bonds, all of those sorts of things. So you do end up with a, a diversified portfolio. Mm. But the thing about it is it's incredibly simple. Mm -hmm. um, and it's totally strategic. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's funny, and it like I was thinking about this um, just recently because um, you know I had been training uh, for a marathon, and I've been running, 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 running. And my background is in exercise physiology, mm -hmm. and I know I know the first thing you learn at uni about you know getting fit is it's not actually about uh, the training session, it's how your body adapts in between those training sessions. So mm -hmm. each training session, therefore, needs to have a, 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 a goal, a specific reason, a purpose. There mm -hmm. has to be a, a definitive um, reason why you're training in a specific way. And the, the translation to money and the chain reaction is it's identical. Mm -hmm. You know, mm. every time you move with your money, there needs to be a specific outcome that you're looking for, um, a, a, a purpose for why you're doing it in that way. Mm -hmm. Nobody at the end of the day really wants to invest. Let's face mm -hmm. it. Right. What they want is the benefit of having done that. Yeah, you're That's right. That's what they really want. Mm -hmm. And so when you're working with your money, um, with the chain reaction, every single step that you make has a specific reason for doing it that way. Mm -hmm. And so with the chain reaction, it is that. It's strategic. It's houses that buy houses and against those houses you buy everything else. So you have mm -hmm. a diversified portfolio. Mm -hmm. Now I'm talking about houses and, and you, know, you might have people going, well, why, why, why should I be investing in houses first? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a really good question. You know what? Most people don't want to invest in property. I mean, you know, well, Australia actually has a bit of a love affair with property. <laughs> we but, do. Um, well, uh, well, you know, apparently we do. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, in, in that in itself, I mean, Australia is still a very young country. Every other country has probably had a love affair with property at some point in their history as well. Yeah. Um, but the thing about property is you can leverage a high-value asset for not very much money of your own. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that you know our clients get totally spun out by when they sit with us and we show them, well, if you've got a property, you've got other people helping you to pay for it. That is, if you're not living in it yourself. Yeah, explain that a little bit more because I love that when you guys covered that. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you borrow, if you if you're borrowing money to buy a house for for you to live in, mm-hmm. it's you, a hundred percent you, only you paying for that debt. Yeah. If you're borrowing uh, money to buy a property for somebody else to live in, then it's the tenant helping you to pay. You get tax benefits, so the tax man's helping you, and it's always good when you get the tax man helping you. <laughs> I think that's the best helper ever. <laughs> um, and you know, you may you may need to put some money in yourself to cover the shortfall between the income that you get and the expenses of holding that property. But mm-hmm. the amount of money that comes out of your own pocket can be very, very, very small. You know, mm-hmm. fifty dollars a week, which is not much at all. Mm. And uh, what and do you mean by the tax man paying them? Okay, so um, you've got a you've got a property, right? And it's got mm-hmm. expenses. So you've got the interest on the loan, the rates, the insurance, maybe a little bit of maintenance. You've got possibly a property manager looking after the tenant. So they're all of your expenses. Mm-hmm. And if the income that you get from your tenant doesn't cover all of those expenses mm-hmm. and you're out of pocket, well, the government allows you to offset that out-of-pocket expense against all of your other income that you might earn through um, your employment. Mm-hmm. So say, for example, um, the difference between the income and the expenses was $20,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And say, for example, you're earning... And I'm just going to say a hundred thousand from your job. Well, you're paying tax on a hundred thousand currently, mm-hmm. but if you have a, a, a loss against your property of twenty thousand, then that drops your taxable income from a hundred down to eighty. Yeah, got it. Does that make sense? Yeah, perfect. Sense. Yep. So, so ordinarily you would have been paying tax on a hundred thousand dollars. So with having this property, you now say to the, the ATO, I'm sorry, I actually didn't earn 100000 I only earned 80000 and therefore I should only be taxed at 80000 So if mm. you've paid tax at 100 you've paid too much. So the ATO will give you a, a, tax, a, a, a tax refund. Mm, yeah, you know, that's the best way I've ever heard that um, explained because um, I do understand that the, the property does help you reduce your tax and the way yeah. you just explained it like that that is the best I'll give you a chance to get off of that explanation that is awesome that is the best explanation God, yeah great yeah now I mean at the at the moment Annette we're Australians in this unbelievable situation position whereby our interest rates are pretty low and the rents are always climbing yeah. so the the difference between your main expense of holding the property, which is the interest on the loan, mm-hmm. and the rent coming in, it's not very much at all. So, you know, you can really hold a property for not very much money um, when, the, you know, after you get your tax back. It might only cost you, you know, $50 a week. Mm-hmm. But mm. if you've got a $400,000 asset now that you're holding for $50 a week, Mm-hmm. Why? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So let's talk about these two situations. Let's just say 
there's there's a person there that they're renting at the moment, they've got the cash, and I know that you've seen this situation before because I remember speaking to you about it, where they're about to buy a house to move into and then you might educate them to say, hey, do you know what, you're going to get ahead faster instead of buying the house that you want to live in, buy a house as an investment property first and keep renting. So let's just talk about that situation first. Yeah. Oh, you know what, Annette, you're a woman of my own heart. I love this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Because I can imagine, I can imagine the conversation be quite scary at first because you'd be getting the evil eye off the wife or the husband thinking, Uh, you can't move into our family home. Like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> they think I'm the evil woman from the West, you know, initially. But when I show them what's actually happening behind the curtain, what's happening on their numbers, the spin on their numbers, and they yeah. see it, they go, oh, my God, we love you. <laughs> mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, it, and this is exactly what I'm talking about. It's the spin on the numbers. And, you know, when people go and buy their own home mm-hmm. think about it they're just so emotionally charged you know it's like they've seen the home of their dreams they really want to live there yep. you know they've imagined their furniture sitting in there so it's a highly emotional decision probably not the best state to be making strategic financial decisions <laughs> in. <laughs> yep. but this is how it goes right you've mm-hmm. seen the house and then you go we want it we want it, we want it, we want it. How do I get the money? Okay, well, you jump online and you, you, you're looking at all the different banks and you're trying to find the one that's got the best interest rate. So that's the first number you're thinking about in your head. Where can I get the cheapest money? Mm-hmm. Once you've found that, then you'll be asking the bank for the money and they'll be asking you whether you can afford to make the repayment. So you'll be looking at your pay slips to see if you can come up with that monthly amount that they want in terms of the, the mortgage repayment. And you've got, you, you know that you can afford it, so happy days. You sign the mortgage documents, you've got your money, you've got your own home. Mm-hmm. What, what we show people is how much that loan is going to cost them over the period of the loan. So if it's a 30-year term, how much are they actually going to pay back the bank? And Mm -hmm. this is where the first hypnosis lives because, you know, if you say to people, um, let's say you borrowed 100000 Now, obviously, you know, you can't buy a house for 100000 but let's just say you were only borrowing 100000 Well, over the course of the loan, you know, you might pay the bank back let's say 240 grand. Mm-hmm. And if I, if I ask people, why are you paying 240, everybody knows the answer. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. They go, yeah. oh, that's because I'm paying the interest. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely. But really, the, the, the better question to ask yourself is, how much do I have to earn in order to pay off that loan? Mm-hmm. Because think about it. You've got to earn your income, pay tax, and then from what's left over, then comes that mortgage repayment. Mm-hmm. And so we know that, you know, in, in, general, um, in general terms, if you're borrowing money, then over the course of that loan, you're probably going to have to gross almost four times the amount that you've borrowed to... to wow. To, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
talk about the situation then, how you'd been that. So all that, well, you actually covered that, haven't we? Because then they would claim the losses, like they, they'd invest in then a property instead of yep. a, a home. Yeah. And if there's any type of um, loss, is that negative gearing or is that something different? No, no, no. You're absolutely right, Annette. That is called negative gearing. It's where the expenses of holding the property are greater than the income and mm -hmm. you do get some tax back. So it's negative gearing. Mm -hmm. So yeah. then what's, what's the next statement? Let's just say... Um, would they would that actually help them then be able to get the next property quicker than actually paying their home family home actually going straight into investment properties? Right. Okay. So before we go there, can I, yep. I just want to come back to to where we finished off, right? Because yeah, yeah. on your own home, it's a hundred percent you, only you with your after tax dollars. Uh -huh. When you've got the investment, you've got the tenant helping you, the tax mm -hmm. man helping you, and you have to put a little bit in. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking at the numbers of doing that, you can hold uh, about four times the asset with the same amount of money out of your pocket in investing as what you can if you were living in it yourself. Explain that again. So, okay. Let's say you borrowed 100000 for your own home. And it cost you a hundred and eighty dollars a week mm -hmm. to hold that property to live in it yourself. Yeah, that same one hundred and eighty dollars a week might hold you a four hundred thousand dollar loan. Wow, or four hundred thousand dollar property. Mm -hmm. So you now have four times the value out in the market working for you for the yeah. same amount of money out of your pocket. So physically what you feel is the same, mm -hmm. but you're actually driving an asset that's four times as big. Wow. And that's when you guys are saying having your money work smarter for you. Harder for you, and, yeah. and harder for you. Instead yeah. of, you know, yeah. you're doing the same thing, but you're getting such a low-end result. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, you know, um, I guess this comes back to, you know, if some, like the original question that you had, Annette, was if someone came to me and said, should I move into this house that I'm, that I'm buying or should I rent it and live somewhere else, then for the most part, you're better off renting that property out and living somewhere else yourself. Yes. Yeah, and obviously renting the property that you're renting to be lower, yeah? Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, it really just depends on the individual individual person's numbers and, you know, what right. income you're earning, how much, you, you, you know, you, how much rent you're getting from the investment um, mm -hmm. versus how much rent you're paying elsewhere. It is, it, there, you know, there, there are some individualities to it. So you need to always run those numbers. Mm -hmm. But um, for the most part, yep, you're better off renting where you'd like to live uh, mm -hmm. and actually then get multiple other assets around you and yeah. have other people pay for them. That's yeah. the best money to use is other people's money. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm just going to um, quickly intervene here because I think there's probably yeah. going to be some listeners probably going, holy crap, there's so much to know and probably starting to feel overwhelmed. So, oh, you know, if, yeah. 
Yeah, if, if they are, I'm just going to um, just put a halt just for a moment and just say to you guys that Deanne is an expert in this and can work with your numbers and see what it is that you need to do and see what you can do and what leverage. So um, if you want to write this down, um, this is how to get a hold of um, uh, Deanne. If you go to um, www.jdl that's jdlstrategies.com.au forward slash Deanne Carter. That's D-E-A-N-N-E Carter, C-A-R-T-E-R. And if you, you just go straight to um, that web link and um, can make direct contact with her and organise a time to have a chat with her or maybe there might be somebody else from JDL closer to, in your area that she will highly recommend but um, she will definitely look after you guys, just in case you're getting overwhelmed and thinking, oh, my gosh, oh, <laughs> how am I meant to know my numbers? Ah, <laughs> uh, you so know, and that's, thanks, thanks, Annette. I mean, that's such an important point. You know, it, it can be overwhelming for people, but it doesn't have to be that way. And mm. it just comes back to having a simple conversation, a simple chat about where are you at, where do you want to get to? We can help people identify where the inefficiencies are. And, you know, it's not, it's not that you suddenly have to start investing. It might be just looking at, well, how do you actually get what you currently have working better for you? Mm, yeah, yeah. And definitely. unless you've got visibility around that, then how do you know if you're on the right track or not? Yeah, so let's just, let's just add to that then. Let's just say we have listeners that have their own home, their own family home. They're not yep. renting and they well, they probably know that they've had their house now for years and they're getting some equity behind them. So yep. then what would be just a couple of strategies for them, what they need to do? Yeah, terrific. Okay, it's a matter of looking at how much equity do they have sitting there and, mm -hmm. uh, and this is a little bit of a, a, again, another mind shift is for people to then understand that that equity is just lazy money that's not working for them. You know, mm. if you had people coming to stay with you in your home and they just sat on your couch and ate your, you know, your, you <laughs> ate all your food out of your fridge and drank your wine, your champagne, you know, <laughs> and they did that day in, day out, after a while you're going to say, get out there and get a job. Yeah. <laughs> that's what your equity is like. Um, so... You know, for, for a lot of people, if they have their own home and they're working to pay off the debt, it, sometimes it can be like, well, I'm having trouble just handling my own mortgage. I can't possibly take on another one. Yeah. So then it's looking at, well, actually, if you do take on another mortgage of in, you know, investing through another property, then how much is it actually going to cost you? One of the things we know is that if you're if you're living in your own home and you have personal debt, you must be highly, highly focused on driving that personal debt down. Get rid of it as fast as you can. Right. And through investing, and I know it sounds a little counterintuitive, but we look at taking on more debt to help you pay off debt. That, mm -hmm. that probably sounds like a complete spin-out crazy talk. But when you actually see how that strategy works mm -hmm. and, and, and our clients can understand that, you know, if you've got debt on your own home, it's 100% you, only you with your after-tax dollars paying for it, 
But then by holding a other, another asset, you've got a tenant and a taxman, you're actually able to use that to drive down your own debt and get yourself further ahead faster. That's now, right and I know that that's probably a concept that, like, you, you know, your listeners out there are probably going, what the heck is you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds but brilliant it, for me. It sounds it, absolutely brilliant. It's, it's just a simple strategy mm. of, of how your numbers are spinning for you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if people do have equity within their own home, they can actually use that to help them or to give them a deposit for another house. Mm -hmm. um, and then what we would be looking at is how then you fund that other house, uh, you know, in terms of which banks do you use, how do you yeah. set that all up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And let's so, talk about that just for a moment about, you know, there's so many different ways that they can lend money. Let's talk about yeah. that. What they should look for yeah, in a bank. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, most people are thinking, well, if I've got my money with XYZ Bank, then I'm their customer, they know me, I'll just go back to them mm -hmm. and borrow more money from that bank. Yeah. Um, one of the, the, the rules of investing, as I said earlier, is don't put all your eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. Don't put all your finance with one bank. Yeah, so right. we we look at uh, quarantining each each asset. So each individual asset is with a different lender, and that way only that one lender has control of that one asset in terms of the money on that asset. Mm -hmm. So we call it a firewall, and it's a, a it's a way in which you can minimise your risk. Because right. let's face it, at the end of the day, there's no such thing as investing without risk. Right. But you need to look at ways to minimise your risk. Mm -hmm. And one of the techniques is firewalling, where you have your individual assets with different funders. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's a little awesome. bit uh, more um, uh, time-consuming to set it up that way. Um, but better Not off to worth spend it. Uh, totally, totally. Mm. Look, I, I'll tell you a story of a client that I met a couple of years ago and um, he had uh, about five properties all linked up with the one bank, with his business and uh, in 2008 with the GFC, you know, the bottom of his business just fell away and he had he didn't have a business. Um and he, you know, the bank moved in because he was defaulting on all of his loans and um, and took all of the assets and um, took them all. So he ended up with, you know, nothing. <laughs> mm. And if he had a firewall for each of the properties then, or, or for everything else, like some of them would stay safe. Is that right? Is that what the firewalls do? Well, what it would have bought him is time. You know, it would have given him the opportunity to manoeuvre his position. He might have had to have sold a couple of them yeah. um, to reposition himself, recalibrate himself, but mm -hmm. he certainly wouldn't have lost the whole lot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that for me that was one of those heart-wrenching moments where, you know, I, I saw that he got it and, mm -hmm. it and it was just like, oh, crap, where were you? <laughs> Yeah. I wish I'd met you 10 years ago, you know, because mm -hmm. just the way in which you structure your your portfolio can make a mm -hmm. big difference to your, to your exposure. Mm. 
So, yeah. um, guys, I'm going to give that um, e um, web link again <laughs> to get in touch with Deanne, especially talking about that, uh, jdlstrategies.com.au forward slash Deanne Carter. Um, if you're watching the YouTube um, clip of this um, audio recording, I will have the link underneath. Um, so however you're actually listening to this now, just see if there's a link, direct link. Otherwise, jdlstrategies.com.au forward slash Deanne Carter, D-E-A-N-N-E-C-A-R-T-E-R, -E -E and um, get in contact with her and find out how you guys can um, have a chat, organise, sit down, have a chat. And um, she actually, you guys do the numbers for them. Isn't that right? Like you actually show them like where they're tracking now. I remember seeing that and I was like, holy crap, because people think that they're all right, but they don't uh, realise that their money's going to run out before they do. <laughs> totally. You know what? You probably run out of money before you run out of life. <laughs> mm, scary. Yeah, yeah. We call it the financial wealth check, Annette, and it's um, one of those, um, moments in time where people can get visibility to what's actually happening. You know, a lot of clients when we first meet them, you know, we'll ask them, how do you think you're going? You know, describe your current financial position. And that, you know, sometimes people say, oh, look, I'm, I'm doing okay. I, you know, I feel like I'm comfortable. I'm managing it all. Um, and then when we show them the, the track, if they keep doing what they're doing, where they'll end up, most people will run out of money somewhere between six and eight years after they, in inverted commas, retire. And mm. I, I say in inverted commas because, you know, what is retirement really? Um, <laughs> but um, six to eight years after they've retired and then that's it, they've run out of money. So yeah. just in that conversation, it's so wonderful for clients to be able to see that if they just get what they currently have, but mm -hmm. have it work harder for them. It's not, you know, suddenly they have to find an extra, you know, two or $300 a week in their budget. It's just looking at where are their inefficiencies in what they already have and mm -hmm. how do we now get that working harder for them, yeah. how much further ahead they can be. And mm -hmm. it, it, often it can, it can be millions of dollars. They just didn't realise that, Gosh. you know, they had that capability. And that brings me back to that first comment. You know, everyone has that little pilot light inside of them of being a millionaire. Mm. They already have the resources to actually get them there. It's just a matter of getting those resources working harder for them. It's yeah. so beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. You know, if there's one thing that I wish everybody could have is a financial wealth check because then people get visibility to what's really going on. And, right. and, and so ends the hypnosis. Mm -hmm. And so how do they get a financial wealth check That's through you guys? Oh, look, yeah, absolutely. If they jump on that, uh, that web link, um, mm -hmm. jdlstrategies.com.au forward slash Deanne Carter, uh, they will find a, a a, a link in there where they can request a financial wealth check and mm -hmm. um, yeah and I can have a chat with them about how that looks yeah wonderful and then you guys also do information evenings um, and you have um, I remember going to the two-day seminar or was it a full it was a full day I think a one day full seminar. day yeah, it's fast yeah to well. that was brilliant so um, uh, there's, there's diff you have um, JDL's in just about every state of Australia as well isn't it just the um, yes. Northern Territory. I don't think you guys are there, but you're in Queensland, Melbourne, um, coming to Adelaide, I hear, Western Australia. 
um, they're back in the Aussies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's about uh, the education. You know, the education that we're not getting around your money. Um, so first and foremost, let's have a chat. Let's have a conversation, a straight conversation about money, not with the intention of, you know, trying to sell people stuff. You know, like I said, if you go and see a property guy, they're going to sell you a property. If you go and see a share guy, they're going to sell your shares. What what we want to do is, if you like, in, um, is sell education. It's not even that we sell it. We give it to people for free. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. You know, so come in and, and start um, getting the information around your numbers. And mm. and there's, there's um, getting that visibility, that's yeah. what it's all about. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people are really pleasantly surprised once they start exploring it just how much they can do. Fantastic. So, um, so do you think that we've ticked enough boxes today? Like, I know you can talk about this for years on end. <laughs> She's brilliant, isn't she, guys? I told you, Deanne Carter rocks. So, is there anything else that you think that we need to cover today? And it, I could actually continue talking about this for hours, hours and hours and hours. I never get tired of it. Um, I never get tired of of, of showing people how they can actually get ahead. For me, it all starts with the desire. You know, so if I was, if I was to leave people with one thing, yeah. it is that please don't sit there thinking that I c this is not for me, I can't do that, or I don't have the resources to do that. Because mm. it all starts with Opening up the conversation and having a look at what you're doing. Yeah. Like, I what's think, the worst thing that could happen anyway? You either, uh, you're, saying, you're staying in the same spot or you'll go backwards. So, you know, you may as well see what yep. else is out there. <laughs> yes, yeah, totally. And, you know, it's about being able to show people, well, this is this. This is what happens if you do this. This is what happens if you do that. Then choose what you want to do. You know, that's that's the thing. That's real power is having a choice. Because, yeah, you know, for a lot of people, they're just going through the motions day in, day out, day in, day out, on the treadmill, running, 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 running. Life is busy. And we don't give our focus of attention around our own resources that we have. And we can make life so much easier if we're just actually working our money a bit smarter. Fantastic. Well, guys, um, as she said, open up the conversation. Um, feel free just to contact Deanne, um, you know, directly. Um, she is part of JDL Strategies, which is Australia-wide, but these guys are here, like she said, to give you guys free education to actually show you where to go, what's the next step. And as, as she just finished off saying that, you know, to be able to give yourself the choice, like to be able to see what other options are out there, you know, stop being and doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. What's the definition of that? Stupidity. <laughs> so we, it's about how can you actually get your numbers working for you. Deanne, oh, I'm so glad we organised this call because I just I just could listen to you for hours talk on this stuff. <laughs> oh, it it's my absolute pleasure. Or shall I say, le plaisir au peu moi. <laughs> What, what That's my little attempt at French. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
fantastic. And what did you just say? What did you just say? The pleasure is all mine. The oh. pleasure is all mine. Say, say it one more time now, I know. La plaisir est pour moi. Oh, beautiful. You learned that in your marathon running? I did. You're listening to Cashflow Candy. This is Annette Lackovich. And if you want to join me for more interviews and great sales and business advice, make sure you subscribe to my Cashflow Candy show. That way you get regular updates. Let's keep boosting your sales and building the business of your dreams.